Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hello, it's Greg Harrelson, um, again, coming at you from the Level Up podcast, of course, from agent to entrepreneur. And I've got another guest here that I want to introduce to you. His name is Dusty, and I'm going to actually look at my notes right now because I've taken his name and dissected it so I can actually pronounce it right. It's Dusty Labossier. Did I get that right? You crushed it. Dusty Labossier. Um, so Dusty's coming from um, from Century 21 Results or Century 21 Results Realty out of Atlanta, Georgia. I think the office is actually in Cumming, Georgia, and it's owned by a great friend of mine named Terry Swanson. So hey, Terry, if you watch this, I just wanted to say, give you a little shout out and thanks for introducing me to Dusty. So Dusty, why don't we just go dive right into this conversation. But before we go too deep um, into, you know, strategy and tactics and whatnot, can you bring us up to speed? How long you've been in the business? What kind of production are you doing? Tell us a little bit about your journey between this, your start and, and right now. And if I remember, I didn't ask you this in our pre-conversation, um, but I think you, I can't remember what you, what business that you were in or what you were up to, but I know that you, uh, uh, whatever that was, I think it's helped you out when it comes to centers of influence. So maybe you can just take us on that little journey. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I'm a native Georgian, grew up in, um, East Cobb, just uh, about 15, 20 minutes North of the city and, um, never thought I'd wind up in sales or even being good at it. In fact, I was always kind of, I don't know who taught me. I just was kind of against salespeople, um, or just the industry and sales. So. Um, a really long story short is, you know, between 17 and 22 years old, I got really bad off into uh, substance abuse. Mm. And, and I fell into a, um, a program called No Longer Bound that's in Cumming, Georgia, um, as a Christ-centered uh, long-term program for men that struggle with addiction. And that place basically single-handedly helped save my life slash change the trajectory um, that you know, my life would take me or that I would decide to go. Um, at that program that I worked at, and I was there for a little bit um, over, I think four, maybe four and a half, five years, somewhere around there. I was in the program, then I was an intern, and then I was a staff member. And as an intern and a staff member, I was in um, graphic design. And so I did, worked inside of a print design studio, learned how to do that. And that's really helped my business um, from a marketing standpoint. But on the flip side of that, um, you know, I made like sixteen to twenty thousand dollars a year while I was working. So I, I loved what I was doing. But once I got married, um, <clears throat> luckily my wife was killing it in the new home construction gig with Dr. Horton, and she was she was carrying us financially. But I I didn't want that to be like the long term future for us. So um, I decided to get my real estate license. My mother in law actually pushed me into getting it. And I was terrible at, yeah, I I went into the whole thing just thinking, hey, I'll be a part-time agent. I can supplement my income. I can do all this. And then slowly but surely reality kind of set in and, you know, you just can't, you can't be a great agent and do it part-time. And I realized that over, you know, a course of a year or so and started at Century 21 Results. Long story short, wound up over at Mark Spain for about 10 months quit that, went into new home construction for 10 days, quit that because I knew it wasn't right for me. And then I went back to Century 21 results. And uh, from a standing start in 2018, I was able to take uh, 
top individual producer um, out of about 250 agents at our office. Man, that's fantastic. Well, you know, I wanted to say this, and I forgot, you know, in, um, in a previous conversation that you told me about that, that uh, journey of the substance abuse and, and, and whatnot. And I just, it, it just needs to be said, congratulations for turning your, your life around. And I'm Thank sure you. that there's people that are, you know, in our audience that are going to hear this, that are struggling with some things. You yeah. know, I mean, we all are. And, you know, some of us are struggling a little bit more than others. But you're a great example for somebody that's turned it around. And also, congratulations. I know you just became a father just the other day. So um, you've got another new journey. You've got a lot on your plate right now. But, um, but I can really just tell from your energy that you're, you're probably very grateful for the things that are in your life right now. And, uh, and it kind of shows to me. So that's yeah. just fantastic. And I'm sure it's going to help you out in your business. So let's... um. So tell me what a standing start is for you. You know, like I, I know what you mean by that. You kind of started over. Um, yeah. But what did that look like? And, and then tell us where you are right now. Well, a standing start in my mind was, you know, I signed, uh, it, not a non-compete, uh, but, um, you know, I was basically signed paperwork with Mark Spain that w would um, prevent me from working with any of the leads that were generated through Mark Spain. Yes. Pretty common practice. And so, you know, I made about $80,000 over at Mark Spain, uh, closed, I think close to 40 homes, but I left a ton of money on the table. Um, and so <clears throat> going back to Century 21 results, um, all my book of business that I had built over at Mark Spain, I kind of had to just let sit, um, you know, and just leave because it wasn't mine to take with me. So going over um, at the beginning of 2018, I really just started with my network, my sphere of influence. Um, I helped mitigate that by advertising myself as an agent while I was with Mark Spain through social media platforms and just word of mouth and uh, just relentless follow up with as many people as I could. So I think that really helped um, mitigate how difficult it is to get some of the uh, momentum going. And, you know, when you're a new agent in the business, you know, Mark Spain was great. I got a ton of um, experience. I would look at it as paid internship. The only reason that it was great for me is when, because I knew when to quit. Um, and I, I respect Mark Spain, the team, nothing negative about any of those. They've got a great model. Um, I learned a ton, grateful for the time that I was over there. Um, I just knew that um, I wanted more for myself. And so, you know, I stayed true. I tried to negotiate my splits over there, couldn't get what I wanted to. And so, you know, wound up going back to traditional brokerage as an individual, individual agent. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, where I'm at right now, I'm on track to tie um, myself from last year. But the, you know, the biggest difference between last year and this year is that I went, uh, <laughs> I went out to Montana, um, with my camper, my wife, my pregnant wife, or three wiener dogs for about eight weeks. Wow. And so I was able to list about five homes while I was remote, you know, gone, working remotely. So I got some production in the pipeline, but it was not growth mindset at all. It was kind of like detach, uh, enjoy life before the baby got here, because it would be like the last time that we were able to take that kind of time. And um, my business suffered a little bit, but I don't regret doing it. Yeah, I know you mentioned you're somewhere in that 50 deal, um, you know, uh, range. And so just in a, in, in a very short period of time, you went from starting at zero and, and, and growing to 50 deals. So you touched on, um, you know, what I would say you touched on social media, advertising, um, and, and kind of building a brand for yourself. I guess what you did is you build a, a brand around your name. Is that what you did? And that, that's what allowed you it, it, it to transfer no matter where you are, your name follows you. 
is that, would, would that be accurate or? Um, I, so I think it's, I think the reason I've been moderately successful is that, um, I'm just authentically myself. I think in the beginning you have to emulate something because you, we, you just don't know what you don't know. And so I, you know, I've watched all the Gary V videos and the different, you know, podcasts and following different agents and try to learn, you know, and I picked up a lot, but I found what works best for me is to just be myself. Um, and if I have my client's best interest at heart and I believe that, um, and I'm, good at follow-up, you know, being organized and, and pretty much just staying in close proximity to my client's needs that it's been a, it's been a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we just start. I just opened up, or my team name's called LaBoss Group. It's just to play off my last name. It's finally redeemed itself a little bit, but, um, you know, truthfully right now, it's just me and a closing coordinator, and we're looking to hire um, a couple more people within the next year or two to kind of help grow the business a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, for the audience that that's out there, you know, notice how he calls himself a team and it's really only him and his closing coordinator. Cause the reality is if there's anybody besides you, it really is a team, right? It, yeah. it is a team effort. Yeah. And it sounds like you're going to, to work on that. We'll, we'll talk about maybe what that's going to look like in the future. Um, now you had mentioned to me that around 60 to 70% of your business is coming from some sort of referral or warm connection of somehow, whether it's centers of influence, a referral from a friend, family member, that seems to be a very good number. You don't look like you're that old. Um, so it, it seems like that's a pretty good number. How did you develop that? I think that's an area where um, real estate agents can do a better job. What are you doing right that's getting this type of result? Um, it was all accidental. None of it was on purpose. You know, through... I gained such a huge network with no longer bound um, that, you know, it was, it's a nonprofit, you know, it's the people that I worked with in, in four, like it was life changing type of work. And so huge network there. I'm from Georgia. We've got like my, my high school and college friends, um, you know, everything from just being here and knowing a lot of people with friends and family to, you know, being entrenched at the gym that I go to, you know, for the past five or six years to no longer bound. I would say to any agent out there that would really want to develop their sphere of influence is passive advertising through or to stay top of mind through social media because it is the new television. That's what people are looking at on a regular basis in conjunction with doing stuff that you love to do. Like I love to go to the gym. I love to train I love to give back to my community over at No Longer Bound. I love being a part of that. I love my friends and my family. Um, and so the stuff that I'm naturally drawn to, if they know that I am a real estate agent, that I do good work and that I'm successful and I'm in relationships with these people on a regular basis, you know, it just it winds up like I get more people calling me than I call, than I call other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't say that arrogantly. I just think that learning how to be likable and learning how – that really just comes down, I think, just learning how to be a likable human being, and it, that is a learned skill. If you can learn that and you can form good relationships with people, I think you'll have a great time, not just successful in making a lot of money and growing business, um, but also having a great time 
while you're doing it. I love like 85% of what I do. I'm indifferent on about 10% of it, and I don't like about 5% of what I do. Yeah. But I think those are great numbers. I've never had a career or a job that I've been as happy to do as what I'm doing now. Yeah, Dustin, when you see me looking down, I'm taking notes, okay? Yeah, no, you're good. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm doing. My audience who, them, who, who frequently watches my podcast knows that I'm constantly taking notes and, and, you know, and thinking of things. And let me tell you what I really got from you. And, and, and this is like, it, it just came to me just a minute ago, is your results with your centers of influence has less to do with what you're doing and more to do with who you're being. Yeah, that's, that's that. like a big one. That is a big one. So, like, in 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 every opportunity, as business people or just human beings, we have an opportunity to make an impression, right? No, we're going to make an impression. Yeah. <laughs> in every connection we have, whether yeah. no no matter how deep that connection is, and and I think that when when um when when we when we understand that we're always going to make a connection but we stay committed to make the best connection possible then what you're experiencing is a byproduct it just kind of naturally it's it's almost like a magnet it's a gravitational pull where you pull the business to you um versus having to work hard and go grab the business now i i'm assuming first of all what is your thoughts on that because i i, I think that's worthy of just audience like really hearing this dialogue for a moment I, I would agree with it but you have to have the underlying foundation of bringing good service which means listening to what people want following up and just good communication um, that's really what it comes down to I'm no stranger to hard work um, my dad and my both my parents taught me to have extremely good work ethic and so that's Anything that I've done, I've always been somebody that has been all in. Um, I have a hard time going halfway on anything. And so if you have good relationships um, and, you know, being a likable person <laughs> yeah. mixed with a good work ethic and, a, you know, a good level of service, I think you're set up nicely to have uh, people that want to work with you and that you don't necessarily have to, you know, be down over the phone or overcome the objections. and. I've done plenty of that. I'm okay at it. It's not my strong suit, um, and I'm okay with continual, uh, con continuing to get better at it. But, you know, I think it's also wise to know what your strengths are, stick with them and grow them, and then maybe hire people that um, can mitigate what you're not good at from a weakness standpoint. Yeah. So, so taking this database that you have, do you have these people in a database? I do. Okay, good. All right. That's a good start. <laughs> I want to make sure that you're not just, uh, you know, being likable and that's it and you just no, rely on everything. I imagine there's some sort of, you know, organization there. So what are some things, whether it be social media, whether it be email drip, um, what are some of the, the things that you're doing to nurture your database? Again, so you're getting have, huge production from your database. Yeah. So what, yeah. What are some, some, some strategies, some secrets that you might want to share with us? I don't do email drip campaigns. And okay. the reason that the reason that I don't is, you know, and this might be short sighted, but I don't, I don't do them because I don't value drip campaigns myself. I don't like, I, I unsubscribe from anything that I don't really want. Um, again, it really comes down to, <clears throat> motivation on buyers and sellers depending on which bucket you fall in and how quickly I'm going to be following up with you so I'm number one 
I'm extremely organized. Um, I think if you're not organized, this business will chew you up and spit you out within a year. Um, there are some people that surprise me with how unorganized that they are and how long that they can keep it. And that's fine. You, you know, they can do their thing. But the amount of energy it takes me to pull up information about a certain person or a certain deal is fractions of what it would cost somebody from an energy standpoint if you're not organized. And so handling a large volume of business and being able to pull the information that I need and access it quickly is super important. Um, you know, otherwise, I mean, it's just from a, a cost effective standpoint. So stay, I stay organized and what I do to nurture business, I would say is that again, I, you know, I'm like on Hootsuite with Instagram, Facebook page, Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, all of those different platforms. The only thing I'm really not on is Twitter because I've yet to really uh, under, understand how to market myself as an agent on there. But you know, I'm, every chance that I can advertise myself and that is, you know, just listed under contract, sold at a home inspection, at a closing table. If I'm doing some kind of any kind of event with real estate, any kind of quirky or funny type deal. And I, you know, I like to have a sense of humor about some of it too, which is just authentically myself. I will post, I schedule this stuff out. I'm doing it on a regular basis, um, you know, and it looks good. It's branded well. Um, I try to give tips and market updates on a pretty regular basis too. And so all of that stuff is done intentionally and um, it's scheduled. It's definitely not just a fly by your seat of the pants um, type schedule. Yeah. So you have a marketing, I'll call it marketing calendar yeah. or marketing schedule. And yep. you being as disciplined and organized as you are, you're probably actually checking off all those uh, check boxes, That's right. Know, getting, getting that done. And are you seeing that there, the, the return that you're getting from that type of marketing, is it really come from more, how do you measure it? Or do you just know that you're just uh, top of mind? Um, and that's okay. Um, yeah. It's not that if it can't be measured, you know, stop doing it. But, you know, how do you measure internally whether or not this is actually working? I think I've been, I mean, I'm relatively new in the business. And so the amount of production that I've been able to do has blown my own mind where mm -hmm. it just kind of happened. And I've been preoccupied enough with managing pipeline and deals and trying to hit the next stepping stone that from a measurement standpoint, I'm, pre I'm probably, I don't even know how I would measure mm -hmm. people being aware of what I'm putting out there. Again, I'm, I'm just looking at how, the world has changed in the past just 10 years and this you know this is the television you know if you're not on there if you're not on social media you will be if you're not already irrelevant you will be you can it is I think the only people that stand a good shot at not having to do that are agents that have been embedded in the business for the past 15 10 15 20 years and already have a pretty strong book of business there's ways to do it outside of it for a new agent getting into it that doesn't have a lot of money to spend on advertising, it is a no-brainer to be consistently top of mind on social media. And it, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't even have to be relatively good. As long as your name is associated with real estate, I think that's better than not even being thought of in the first place. Because if you don't have somebody's attention, you don't, you don't have a shot at their business.
Yeah, I don't know if you do this or not. I assume you do, but I want just the audience to know what's uh, what's possible. So, um, I, do you know about custom audiences? I assume you do with Facebook. Yeah. Okay. So for you out there that's thinking, gosh, how would I get started? Not for Dustin, he's already doing this, but for those that are thinking, how would I get started? If you've got a database of centers of influence, one thing that you should do right now is you should actually learn how to post a Facebook to a Facebook custom audience, which means you can take that database that you have, you can import it into Facebook, and then you can actually post, and your post is only gonna be seen by those people that you imported. So if you wanna do a video of a market update, and you don't wanna do that once every month, or you wanna do that bi-weekly, however you wanna do it, you actually could create a video and post it, and it would be seen by your centers of influence only, which yeah. is a great way to kind of really stay top of mind with the most important asset that you have, which is your personal database. I assume you're doing some things like that and probably going beyond that, right, Dusty? Yeah. Um, I think one thing that, again, when we're talking about like just stepping into like almost accidental success, um, you know, something that I've realized that has really fed a lot of my relational business is that. I'm really open about my life and what I go through and what I experience, what I have been through. Um, I like the reason that I do that is because I believe that <clears throat> it's important to share stories that, you know, are un underdog stories or stories of redemption. Um, I like to put my story out there because it was, you know, between 17 and 22, I, it was, I didn't think I was going to be 30 years old at some point. I didn't never thought I'd be married. Never thought I'd have a kid. Never thought I would be even relevant. Um, and so being able to transcend a lot of that through multiple different, you know, avenues of help. My story of how I've kind of come through that and how open I am with it on a regular basis and how I share that open, I mean, through social media, which is, a lot of people are against that or at least are afraid to do it. And I understand why um, it's really helped bolster me as a member of my community. And because I'm a leader in a lot of aspects in that I get a lot of phone calls to help people out with representing them to buy and sell homes. You know, a lot of people from the recovery community, a lot of people from, you know, my gym or friends and family, any of that kind of stuff. So, that's People fantastic. Love yeah. They love I love stories. And it, yeah. my favorite movie of all time is the whole Rocky series and every Rocky oh, yeah. movie. I, I'll watch it a thousand times. Yeah. I'm good with it. And my kids, are, you know, that are nine year, my, my nine year old son is probably would say his favorite movie is, is Rocky, you know, because he's watched it so many times. So yeah. moving forward, you said you got a goal. I think what's, what's your goal for the for this year or for the next year? Um, I would like to, well, because I just had a kid, you know, like money's great. And so I'm financially motivated. And I'm also, you know, I think at some point you either want money, more money, or you want more time mm -hmm. and without sacrificing, you know, being, having integrity and values and all that other kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, now that I have a kid, I don't want to be the person who like, my wife hates me, wants to divorce me because I'm working all the time, never there for his kids, you know. So I'm looking to, my goal right now is to, to grow the business, even if that means having to take a step back from a bottom line income number in order to get more time. 
with my family at some point, you know, for a greater return. I've taken a step back in order to take two forward down the, down the line. And I, I understand that that's typically how it works when you hire somebody or bring somebody on to kind of handle your business. You're so busy trying to coach and teach and train that, you know, production suffers a little bit, but it's a long-term play. And so um, I'd love to hit $500,000 GCI this year. Um, that's a goal that I've got. Um, again, to be the top individual producer again, but also to, um, to bring somebody into the fold and help manage business. Yeah. Got it. So are you um, going to go to direction? What is, what is, what is your vision for the, your team? Like in two to three years from now, what would you hope that would look like? Um, probably have another admin. Um, I've got a transact. So I've got a closing coordinator now. Um, there's just a contract to close deal and she's, she's great. Um, that's the best money I have spent hands down to be able to produce what I have. Like not being, not having to get the amendments, checking on different contingencies, you know, all, I mean, all the stuff from contract to close. I have a licensed agent that does a transactional deal with me every time. Best money I've ever spent. Um, goal for team moving forward, um, you know, I would like to be the top um, producing team at my brokerage uh, within the next two or three years. Um, I don't think that's, that was my goal in 2018 was to be the top individual producing agent. Um, and I, I felt like an idiot writing that on my board. Like I felt arrogant or just like it was way too much. So again, it just blows my mind that I was able to do it myself. Um, and I didn't even, I mean, it was on my whiteboard the entire year, but I wasn't, I wasn't just like laser focused on that. I was just trying to do my best every day that I could to get what I could done. Um, and that's pretty much it. So at some point, um, I'd love, I'd love to grow a team. I really like the idea of having, um, some kind of campaign where I'm giving back to programs or, um, maybe like no longer bound or different, um, nonprofits that I believe in that give back, um, you know, and maybe each agent that I work with could have some, some, um, some kind of, organization that they believe in to give back a portion of their commission in order, you know, to not only get more business, but to give back to, you know, the people that we live, live with side by side on a daily basis. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you know, that's, it's just good to be giving, you know, yeah. and, then, and then let the law of reciprocity take place, right? If you just yeah. give unconditionally and not really try to calculate what your return is going to be off the giving, then that's when we get the most out of it. You know, some of the things that you said remind me of a time where I was producing, I don't know, maybe 300 sales a year. And um, it, it, it got to a point where the money, I don't know that the money was ever my motivation, but there was a point where money, money was my focus. Yeah. Um, and, and then, but it got to a point where the money became, um, an amount where I almost started to feel like it was wrong. Yeah. And, and so what I did though, is I can remember this and I've said this many times, my coach kind of figured out that I had a problem of always setting goals based on money. Yeah. And, and so we turned, we turned it, we just changed the wording of it. Yeah. We figured out how many families we needed to serve, yeah. how many homes, how many people we needed to help. So we turned it into serving people. And so if the goal was, I want to do 500 transactions, 
Well, there, there's a point when enough is enough. Enough transactions is enough, right? There is a point where enough money is enough. You know, for some people, they may say that's not true, but it is. I mean, if you had a hundred billion, then you probably give half of it away it's because yes. you don't need it, right? Yes. So there is a number, but when we, when we look at it and say, well, how many, how many, how much is too much when it comes to serving families? And there's never too much. Like yep. no matter how many people I serve, I can always serve one more because yeah, it's about always, them. Yeah, there, there seems to be a cultural thing surrounding money. Um, I view it, I view as the accumulation of money as a ticket for my family to have a big life. Yeah. Um, that's kicked in even more with having a kid now. My wife's been able to quit and be a stay-at-home mom, which she really wants to do, and it's been a huge blessing for us. And so I look at that, and I love what I do, um, and I love being able to provide for my family. So when I, you know, I've always wrestled with um, just saying the words out loud, like financially motivated, and I never thought that I would really be, I've never been one to really chase money, um, outside of being in real estate you know the ceiling's so high mm -hmm. that it just kind of blows you away of like what you can do if you really want to and so i've just gotten a small taste of you know just last year on like how much money you actually can make doing it if you're provide the only way you can make that kind of money is if you're provi providing real value to people so it, it really does want i know it sounds because making money is not in the, like for me, if my bank account has nothing to do with the clients that I serve. But the only way that my bank account can grow is if, if I'm providing excellent service to the people that I'm working with. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a stigma around money and I totally understand it. I grew up, um, I grew up in all different kinds of climates. My dad made good money until, and my dad was in and out of alcoholism growing up. So when he made good money, he made great money. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. And then when my parents divorced, you know, we were strapped. My mom had to work three jobs just to keep the house. I hardly saw her, um, you know, for a couple of years. And so I really do get both extremes of it. Um, but I'm not, I, I wrestle with it. I'm not ashamed to, to tell people that I'm financially motivated anymore because at, at underneath it, I really know what it is. And that's really just wanting to afford the people that I know and love a big life, myself, yeah. and my family, and you know, influence a community as, as, you know, along the way. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, good, Dusty. I appreciate you sharing all this, and I know yeah. the audience is going to get some value out of this. So let's go ahead and wrap up with, um, tell us how can, if the audience needs to send a referral, you know, yeah. down to, uh, you know, the Atlanta, the greater Atlanta area, and I know that's a big market. It's a big um, market. But um, how can they reach out to you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Uh, give me a call. I answer my cell phone all the time. It's 404-750-9236. Um, uh, my name is pretty unique. I don't know any other Dusty Labossiers out there either. So um, reach out to me anytime. I serve the majority of the north uh, hemisphere of the metro Atlanta market. I'm a, na I'm a native Georgian for the past 30 years and uh, you know, do a ton of business in that specific area. So. Yeah, I'd probably add, you're probably pretty easy because of your last name to find on Facebook. So Facebook Messenger is an, another way to reach out, I'm, I'm sure. And yeah. if anybody wants to reach out to me, of course, uh, you just go to Greg Harrelson uh, on Facebook. You'll find me um, and, and hit the message button. Shoot me a message. If there's anything I can answer, any questions or whatnot, shoot me a message. I answer them. I pretty much answer them all. 
Um, and, um, and you can count on that. So in the meantime, Dusty, again, thank you so much. Congratulations for doing a great job. And I look forward to, you know, kind of meeting you at, at some point face to face. I know we've got a mutual, you know, uh, a friend in Terry. So, um, and I'll, I'll definitely share with him, you know, the conversation that we had. He'll, I'm sure he'll watch this himself. Yeah. Pleasure to meet you, Greg. Thanks for the uh, time. I appreciate uh, it. Absolutely, buddy.